0: This is one of the best teaching tools you have at your disposal in the homeschool classroom. Welcome to Epic mom life. I am your host, Kara Peterson. This show is sponsored by the possum's tale, a unique book adventure for your six to 12 year old child. Let's jump into today's show. Homeschool moms, I have found the best cheat for you. National park, passport book for homeschoolers. These are an opportunity for fabulous field trips that are really fun and educational. The National Park Passport Book is an enjoyable way to learn history, science, and geography through exciting field trips. It is especially attractive to children because at each place, they get stickers or stamps to say that they have been at that park. So there's a built-in goal in the book so that they can complete all of the regions. And so this gives the book almost a gamified effect that adds time management and organization skills that your kiddo can learn. How it works. I will have the link in the notes where you can go and order your National Parks Passport book. On the National Parks site, it is $12.98. And yes, you can get these books on many other sites. However, I looked and I could not find them cheaper than the actual National Parks site. So in my head, I would rather support the National Parks than like if you get them at a big online dealer, then what ends up happening is the National Parks has to pay that dealer a portion of their profits so if it's gonna cost you the same anyway it would be great if you could support the national parks I'm just gonna put a plug in for them so the national parks passport book this is really important for you to note it is not a free pass into the parks you're still gonna to need to pay at the entrance fees however go to the website when you get your book because there is a special homeschooling link And I believe that if your child is in third grade, that's like their magic time, that child gets in free. It is instead a kind of journal or map to show you all of the national parks and monuments in the various regions and with space to collect your stamps or stickers once you have visited each one. I say each one, but they really only say that you collect like six and there's like 45 in some of these areas. So regardless of where you buy your National Park Passport book, be familiar with this, the website because it can answer a whole bunch of questions and give you a lot of really valuable information. Okay, once you have your book, look through it. Look at your curriculum for the year. If you need how, like, information on how to get your curriculum for the year, how to do that, I'm going to put that link in the notes. What are you studying that can be reinforced by a visit to a national park or monument? When are your children, for example, going to learn about the Civil War? This one's super easy. If you live far from the East or Southern United States, Eastern or Southern United States, you may wanna plan a time when you can pack up the car and have an extended road trip because there is so much to see over there that can give you so much information okay so as a side note my son and i did a whole like eastern united states washington dc trip when he was i think in 10th grade or 11th grade and i learned about a character named dan sickles i'd never heard of this person before there's a whole book on him called the amer an american scoundrel but i guess abe lincoln appointed him and he almost lost the war for Abe Lincoln because he thought he knew more than the president did and went and started kind of doing his own thing. Fascinating history stuff that I just did not know. But I learned all this just sitting on the bus, right? So your kids can learn a lot of information on these little tours. That's just like a side note. So there are a lot of monuments and national parks to see that are so rich in history, like the Civil War era, on that side of the park. The regions. The parks and monuments are divided into nine regions. There are over 400 sites to visit. This includes national battlefields, national seashores, national monuments, and national historic parks. Region one, North Atlantic region. Region two, Mid-Atlantic region. Region three, National Capital Region. So seriously, just within the capital, there's like 50. Region 4, Southeast Region, Region 5, Midwest Region, Region 6, Southwest Region, Region 7, Rocky Mountain Region, Region 8, Western Region, Region 9, Pacific Northwest, and Alaska Region. The National Parks Passport Book has each of these regions a general map of the states with the numbers where they are. That's pretty vague, right, because this book is really small. It's only, I should have had a picture. It only has like three. It's only like the three by five where they're listed, and a list of all the parks in that region, and five places for the regional stamps. The five areas are pretty large for the official cancellation, so you can probably do a couple more. I would probably add more because I'm an overachiever. And for me, if there's 40 places to see, five just isn't going to be enough. Each region begins with a detailed description of one of the parks you can get in that region. This is actually really fascinating. So I read, for example, the North Atlantic region, because I was just investigating this. I had never had one of these before, but my mother and my mother-in-law are madly in love with theirs. So I've been hearing about it for years and years and years, but I'd actually never seen one. So, the first three pages in the Atlantic region are all about the Adams National Historical Park. And it includes the Salem Maritime Museum and the Minuteman National Park. The reason why it includes these is because Adams seems to be the link for the parks in this region. So, he seemed to be a big part of this. So, what are you going to do? You're going to set your goals and I have a link in the show notes if you do not know how to teach your kids goals or you want to brush up on that, I did a whole thing on that because that was really fun. You are ready to go. Where will you go? How often? And will there be a purpose? You can set goals with your family to visit three parks or monuments that are outside of your region a year, for example. One way to decide where you will go is based on where you are already traveling. Every time you visit a friend or family member that lives outside of your region, you can take a day trip to see special places that they have in their neck of the woods. Another way to decide on the national parks you will visit is based on your curriculum. What will your children be learning that year? Which areas of the country and national parks can complement their learning. Choosing how often to go can be different for everyone. It can become the way you de-stress and spend time together. You can go on long camping trips or road trips for your vacations and visit these places. Or if going to the national parks is just not something that you think your family will naturally do, you will just have to schedule it. Three seems to be a magic number. While visiting three national parks a year does not seem like very much, especially if you're living in one of those really heavily nationally park monument, whatever populated places, it can be a lot when you already see the ones in your area. So if you have to drive to these parks and they're like over a day away, they're outside of your area, and you're eventually going to have to do that, you're going to have to go further and getting those stamps and cancellation stickers and all of that is going to take more work. So committing yourself to three is actually a really great goal. Here in Arizona, I have two within, an hour, um, within I think, three hours, three and a half hours of me. So once those three are done, they're kind of far away. Your children will be excited because they get the stamp or sticker in their National Parks Passport book. Now remember, this is really important. You only get those stamps or stickers at the visitor center. So what this means, mom, is that you need to be organized enough to make sure that the center is open on the day you're planning to be there. Each center has great information about why that site was made into a national park or monument. This learning can be used in many ways in your homeschool plans. And there are many reasons to visit these fabulous sites. You can use them for spring break trips, summer vacation plans, family bonding, inexpensive vacations. Build patriotism and knowledge about the vastness of our amazing country. A special thing a grandparent, aunt, or other relative does with the kids. Just put it on them. And the list can go on and on. For the purpose of this article, we are going to look at how amazing the National Parks Passport book is as a resource in your homeschool classroom. Homeschool lessons using the National Parks Passport book. Wildlife and agriculture. Students can learn about the plants and animals that are native to that region or area. What challenges have either or both the animals and the plants faced? I learned, for example, about the Hoover Dam and the Razorback Sucker when I went on a field trip with my son over 10 years ago. When a non-native fish was introduced to the area, the native fish, the razorback sucker, began to decline and was actually on the edge of becoming extinct. There are now major efforts to bring back this population and it is now on the endangered list. So obviously this was not something I knew, but I thought it was totally fascinating and I learned all of this at the visitor center. Your children can learn so much about plants that are edible or not edible, what affects their growth, what adaptations have they made, etc. There's so much to learn. Geography and map skills. In an Alexa and Google Maps kind of world, children are really not actually looking at maps like they used to. Learning about the regions, where the parks are located, figuring out how far they are from home, and learning how to use the map key are all great skills to study research and planning this is one of my favorite parts while the children are looking at maps and determining how far parks are from home you can give the reins over to them you don't have to have the responsibility if they're old enough like maybe nine or ten you can start learning this have your children research and plan at least one trip a year you can tell them the main topics of all the subjects you will be learning Then let them research the various national parks. What can they find that syncs well with your curriculum? Have they calculated the hours on the road it will take to get there? Will you need to get a hotel? Which cities will you stop in? Will the visitor center be open so they can get their stamps or stickers for their national parks passport book? Notice I've repeated this twice. History and culture. This seems to be the easy way to blend the national parks within your curriculum. Most of the monuments or parks have a historical or cultural significance. That makes it pretty simple to match history lessons or current events that you may be teaching to what your children are seeing and experiencing it also makes for really good conversation topics. So I have 52 conversation starters that you can have with your kids if starting conversations is really difficult and I'll have that in the show notes. But just so you know, all of these places, there's gonna be little threads if you're listening where you can ask your kids a whole bunch of stuff and they can talk to you about what they're thinking. So there's lots of conversation that can be happening on these. Explore the stories of the people who shaped these areas through different times. Study indigenous cultures, early explorers, or groups of people. Look at original handicrafts, trades, and skills, which will be a great segue to arts and crafts. Visual representation is an obvious way to reinforce the visits to the national parks. Maybe the original handicrafts or trades you saw and witnessed were forms of artwork like basket weaving, rug weaving, forging metal, glasswork, etc. You can explore a form of art with the kids that you all saw on your visit in the expertise of those people. This is also a great opportunity to encourage your painters, sketch artists, and photographers. Take time at each of these amazing parts and let your children just set up and create language arts i get to this one lastly because as you know this is my topic this is what i am good at but i feel like this is not done correctly in a lot of ways so i want you to listen really carefully because it's last on the list because it's also going to be the last one you do that doesn't make it the least important, but all these other things can be done right in the moment. So, there are so many valuable lessons to learn from the park. What I don't want is for your children to do a quick look, now right. I like the idea of teaching children how to record their voices into a phone or iPod. Yeah, I know, really old technology, but incredibly effective. They can record all of their impressions and think about how important they'll sound and feel, you know, if they're doing a whole da-da-da-da-da, you know, they look like a man in black or something. When they first see the Grand Canyon, for example, what are their thoughts? If there was a squirrel dancing on the edge, did they talk about it in their recording? Did your child voice what they learned at the visitor center? Did they enjoy learning that the entire Canyon was cut over millions of years by the Colorado River. Later, after the art, after the learning at the visitor Center and the excitement over the stickers and stamps, after talking about why it is a national park and monument, after trying to see any natural impact you may have previously discussed, and very importantly, after those kids have eaten, have them listen to their recordings. Do they want to write a poem? Do they want to write a funny poem about the squirrel? Should they write a story about a rock that was in some kid's pocket, and they put it in the Grand Canyon, and now that rock is having major insecurity issues at seeing its new digs? It's like, wow, you know, I don't really fit in here. Should they write an informative writing about how the Grand Canyon was formed and the impact on the wildlife? There are endless possibilities, but the point is that it is a great idea to have your child write about their visit. However, they should write about something that they had a keen interest in at that visit. Also, if they recorded it all, you know, it was in their voice recording, they can do that later. So they can do the art while they're looking at it at that site, they can talk about it with you while they're there, but they can reflect later if you teach them, and this will have to be a lesson. You do teach them how to do a running trail of thoughts into their recorder. I'm a major advocate of using the National Parks Passport book with your children. This is one of the best teaching tools you have at your disposal in the homeschool classroom. It eventually, it naturally entices children to win and accomplish it by filling in the stickers and cancellation stamps for each of the regions. All the while, it teaches our children in a very enjoyable way, so much about our country's history, people, cultures, and ecosystems. So the children's movie quote, the world is full of magic. Small things become big, winter turns to spring, One thing always changes into another. Denali in Brother Bear. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to send you a huge thank you. Please leave me a comment or review and share with other moms you know. Get in touch in the comments or on Kara's social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.